I feel that with every film I do, I want to be uh, pushing myself. I want to be moving on from what I've done in, in the past, building on what I've done, not throwing things away, but trying to push forward a little in, in a direction. But I also try to not be self-conscious about that. I don't want to do something because I have specifically because I haven't done it before. We used to look up in the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. There's really only one film director working today whose name is synonymous with movies that excite, enthrall and entertain in equal measure. The next time someone tells you that Hollywood is dumbing down and aiming for the lowest common denominator, just point them in the direction of whatever Christopher Nolan is doing next. Well, we got this far, farther than any human in history. Oh, not far enough. Make it count. Where's the mountains? Those aren't mountains. The waves. Some of the things that you have uh, have put on film over your career are are, are, are simply, to put it very bluntly, are, are things no one has ever seen on film. Do you have a story, and then think, I'm going to create that visual imagery mm. around that story, or do you have a, for example, a little black book of these out there ideas, <laughs> and, and yeah. think, I'm going to find a way to fit that into a story? No, I try to be the other way around. I try to be all about story. Um, and then, as I'm writing, create visuals or situations that I actually don't know how to do. And I try to take my director's hat off when I'm writing and write things that I, I then come to as a director and I, I say, I have no idea how to do this. I have no idea what this will look like, how to visualise it. Because that's when you know you're challenging yourself. And it's through that challenge you then put together a great team of people and through that challenge you find something that you haven't done before, you find something fresh and, and different. And that's really the, the fun part of filmmaking, that, that challenge. Welcome back to the Chandler Burton Podcast. I am your host, Chandler Burton. And on this episode today, we're going to be talking about my personal ranking of all 11 Christopher Nolan movies, ranked from the worst to the best, in my own personal opinion. Uh, give you a little backstory here. Uh, Christopher Nolan is one of my, if not my favorite director of all time. He has made so many good movies. And my number one pick on my list is a movie that's not only one of my favorites, but it's one of the movies that inspired me to want to get into film myself. So I'll definitely talk about that. If you know who I am, you'll probably know what number one is already. But uh, we'll say that, of course, to the very end. So the way that I'm going to kind of do this list here is... Um, just to start off, my list isn't the right list. This is just my personal list. So for those listening, um, you may prefer one movie over another, 
or vice versa. And that's okay. We all have our own personal opinions when it comes to films. Um, I always argue with my dad or some of my friends about like what movies I prefer over this type of movie. And it's okay to have your own opinion. Like it doesn't make you make you a bad person. It just means your opinion is different. So for those listening, again, it's just my personal list. I've seen all 11 of these movies and um, this is just kind of how I feel about that. Also as well, I'm going to make sure that this is going to be spoiler free. So if I'm going to be if I'm going to be pretty vague with some of these, it's only because I don't want to ruin the movie if you guys do want to watch the film. Because there's a lot of films on here, to be honest, that I actually have not seen of Christopher Nolan. And so no one ever spoils for me, and I don't want to spoil that for anybody else here as well. So we'll go ahead and do a couple of them here, and then as usual, we'll take a musical break in between, and then we'll go ahead and finish those off. Alright, so here we go. So at number 11... Uh, my number 11 of spot, and again, this is going to be ranked from worst to best, again, in my personal opinion, just to let you all know that here. So my number 11 pick is going to be the following. So a lot of people actually do not know what this movie is or what it's about or where it even came from. A lot of people thought Memento was Christopher Nolan's first film, but to be honest, uh, this was actually his first film. It's a micro-budget film. Um, it's really, really, really short, and it's a really small film. Um, this is a very interesting movie. Again, I, when I did some research on his film, I had no idea this was part of his filmography, and I didn't know this was his first film. And so, again, this is a micro-budget debut, and I think it's a really good example of what an early talent can do. Essentially, this movie is really, really simple. You got a guy who likes to just literally watch people and follow people because he's really interested in their lives, and then he's approached by another character in this diner who gets him into, like, breaking into people's houses and robbing houses, which is really weird. The movie is told in like a non-linear way, so it kind of jumps all over the place, and you're kind of wondering how is this all going to tie in, but Christopher Nolan does such a good job of making sure that you aren't left behind, that you know what's going on, and then you'll find out throughout the film what's going on, and it's actually a pretty enjoyable watch. Again, this is like his least ambitious film. It's only 70 minutes long. It's in black and white. And again, a lot of people just have not heard of this film. Uh, this seems like a student film. Maybe even a little, I mean, a student film wouldn't be like 70 minutes. But um, again, this is a great example of what an early talent can do. Um, again, for a first film, I thought it was really good. Again, it's only at the very top because I like the film, but I just didn't have a lot of interest in it. But again, that's nothing against the film itself. It's just personally, it just wasn't my favorite of his. So again, number 11 uh, is called Following, if you want to check it out. I was actually able to find a Blu-ray copy. So I think you can watch it online. Or if you like physical copies like me, um, you should be able to find that to purchase it if you like to do so. All right. So at number 10, my number 10 pick for the Christopher Nolan movie on my list is going to be Dunkirk. Now, a lot of people listening, I know, may that may piss some people off because I know a lot of people really like this movie. And a lot of complaints that I've seen from the film is that a lot of people are saying, like, there's really no character development, like, we don't even know the people's names. That's not the problem for me. Um, the movie, honestly, is paced really well. It's only like an hour and 45 minutes. The, the cinematography is just fantastic, and it's so well acted. Tom, uh, Tom Hardy did a really good job, and everyone else in the film did a good job as well. 
my thing is that I just don't have an interest in war movies. I know it sounds super cliche, and I know it sounds like it's, I'm trying to just find any excuse not to like it, but I just could not get into, like, the story of it's pretty insane. I mean, literally these men were just waiting to die, and that idea of, is very interesting. It's very ambitious, and again, it's shot well, it looks well. It just didn't hold my interest. I saw it once in the theater, and then I bought the film, and I've watched it a few more times, and I watched it again doing this podcast, and for me, I just, I can't seem to get into the film, and I know some people think this is like his best work to date, for me personally, it just doesn't stick with me, and there's just a few movies, again, Christopher Nolan is a wonderful director, but everybody's gonna have, for me, that one film that you're just kind of like, uh, it's just not for me, again, not a bad film in any way. I just it just doesn't hold my attention, and it's probably the only movie. This and the following are the only movies I probably wouldn't want to pop in to watch again if I'm going to be honest. So again, number ten for me on my list is going to be Dunkirk. So at number nine, now the number nine pick. I have never actually seen this film before. This is a, when I was thinking about doing a podcast based on his films. I was like, I should probably watch all of them before I actually do. A review on them. And so I've never seen this film, but at number nine, I'm going to put The Prestiged. Now, The Prestige is a very interesting movie. It's kind of cool. I, I remember seeing um, Now You See Me, those movies with Jesse Eisberg and like a huge cast. I really like the idea of magic. I think magic is really, really cool. And that's essentially what this film is. Um, Christopher Nolan does a really good job of like telling the story through magic and illusions. And then again, Hugh Jackman, of course, gets a great performance. And I had no idea Christian Bale was in this movie. I was like, oh, Christian Bale. I was like, what the heck? And then Michael Caine and Scarlett Johansson. Everybody did such a good job in the film. And again, Christopher Nolan, he does a good job of taking a concept and weaving it into the story. And a lot of people think the last twist in the movie is his best one yet. I liked it okay. Again, no spoilers for for the film, because again, I don't want to ruin for anybody. And some people, this may be their favorite film that he has. But for me personally, um, I didn't really like the pacing of the film. Like, it just didn't hold my attention. Again, I did like it, but I just could not seem to really get into it. You know, sometimes when you're like get together and you're like, I want to watch a movie. I want to sit down with some friends. And honestly, I would, if, if a friend's like you pick the movie tonight, I, I might end up picking a Christopher Nolan movie. Unfortunately, it probably would not be the prestige. Again, I like the movie, but again, as I just said, probably the following Dunkirk and the prestige, I won't probably want to watch again if i'm going to be honest um again the procedure isn't bad and i like the idea of magic and illusions but again it just it just bored me a little bit and i don't i don't mean that in a rude way um it just wasn't my cup of tea per se so again at number nine i'm going to put the prestige so at number eight so we're going to do two more of these and then again we're going to take a little musical break as we usually do and then we'll finish out the list here so number eight is actually going to be um, Insomnia. Insomnia was another film that I actually have not seen uh, in Christopher Nolan's filmography. Um, again, I've seen all like the main ones that have came out, but again, like The Prestige and Insomnia, I have never seen before. So it was kind of fun to go back and watch these films and kind of watch them like before like The Dark Knight or around that time when he was such a big name when he created those films. So this movie actually, I found out, it's actually a remake of a foreign film, and I think a lot of people, for that reason, they just kind of forgot about the movie. 
I don't see anybody talk about this movie ever. I follow like a ton of movie posts on YouTube, Facebook, and I don't see really anybody ever mention this film when it comes to Christopher Nolan. In this movie, it's Al Pacino, and it stars Robin Williams as well. Uh, it's a very simple, straightforward uh, crime investigation movie where someone died and they're trying to figure it out. But there's also another twist in the film that you're just like, wow, I did not expect that. I think the twist in this film was actually phenomenal, and that plays into the rest of the story of like the conclusion of what's going to happen. And I got to say, too, Al Pacino did a great job, but really the standout for me was Robin Williams. We always see Robin Williams as like this funny, charismatic guy, but he played a really somber, kind of uncomfortable character, but he did such a good job. It really makes me sad that he's not with us anymore and I think, you know, watching a performance like this, it just proves that he's a really well-rounded actor. And again, I had no idea he was in this either. When I saw him, I was like, uh, what? I did not know he was in the movie. <laughs> so it was really cool to see Robin Williams um, do something else besides comedy. Again, the performances are great. I like crime investigations. So it's kind of like, again, with Dunkirk, I don't really not huge on the war movie things, but I like crime thrillers, and so that's why I really enjoyed Insomnia. I actually had a really good time watching this movie. I thought it was really, really fun. Again, check it out. It's called Insomnia. It's got Al Pacino, Robin Williams. Um, it's a very, it has some couple of twists in there, again, that I really enjoyed. And again, a lot of people may not have heard of this film, but I would just give it a shot. I think it's a really good, straightforward uh, crime investigation. I think it's very, very well done. Okay, so we got one more, and then we will take our musical break here. So at number seven is going to be Interstellar. Now, Interstellar is a film, again, kind of like with Dunkirk, I had to watch a few times, because I, when I first saw Interstellar, I did not like it. I'm going to be honest with y'all, I did not like the film. It's really long. It's like two hours and four. 45, 50 minutes. And generally when it comes to long films, um, I like to have like some sort of buildup. For example, like Star Wars, like The Rise of Skywalker, for example. It's like two and a half hours. And I'm okay with that because that's supposed to close out like a trilogy or like Avengers Endgame, three hours. Again, it's closing out, closing out the Infinity Saga. It needed that runtime to to tell that final story. But Interstellar is kind of its own thing, and it is really, really long. And that's just a personal thing, because sometimes I just get really anxious sometimes. Like, it just kind of hits me of, like, man, this movie's going on for too long. My mind kind of starts to to wander, and I lose, I lose attention in the film. But Interstellar has definitely grown on me over time. Again, it's, it, it's a space movie, which, again, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is, like, my favorite thing ever, and so... I expected to like it right away just because I like space stuff. I think it's really cool. And so a few positives about this movie. I think, honestly, it's his best-looking film to date compared to everything else on the list. I think it's a gorgeous film. And it's just telling a story of good old-fashioned sci-fi cinema, and I think that's just really cool. Um, again, it is a bit too long, and I know Christopher Nolan as well has been kind of criticized for being kind of an emotionless director. Um, which I don't know if I completely um, agree with, but in this movie, again, there's a scene where Matthew McConaughey gets back from the water planet. I don't remember the name of it, but he gets that video from his kids, and it's like, for me, I don't have any children, 
but that really, I don't know, that hit me for some reason. I didn't cry, but you know like that feeling you get when you're about to cry? Yeah, man, it definitely hit for some odd reason. I don't know. Maybe I was just feeling really emotional that night, feeling down. I have no idea. But, man, it was really good. Again, it's a beautiful movie. It's his best-looking movie on this list. I will say that. If it came to visual, if we're doing a visual list, this would be at number one. Um, but, again, uh, Matthew McConaughey does a good job. Anne Hathaway does a really good job. Um, again, I know a lot of people have complained about the third act of the film. They were trying to go for something, and some people just did not work. For me, overall, the movie worked. It's just, again, the runtime really got to me, which I know some people don't mind long movies, and if it can fill out that time and make it pace really well, that's fantastic. But sometimes it's just better to make it a little bit shorter. Two hours and 45 minutes is a really long time, so you really got to be able to hold my attention for a film to do that. But again, overall, unlike Dunkirk, where I've watched it a few times and I just still don't like it, after watching Interstellar a few more times, I ended up actually really enjoying the film overall. Again, it's got some problem. It's definitely not my favorite, as you can tell, it's only number seven. But uh, overall, I do like Interstellar. I think it's a pretty good film. All right, so that is part of the list here. So right now, we're going to take a quick musical break, and then we will be right back with the rest of the ranking of the Christopher Nolan movies, ranked from worst to best, in my personal opinion. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far on my ranking of the Christopher Nolan films. I had a really fun time doing this podcast, so thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. As usual, I like to put in a segment of the podcast where I want to show off music that I've been listening to lately to hopefully open people's eyes to new types of music and hopefully they can enjoy it as well. Uh, so today we're actually going to listen to another Beartooth song. because I love Beartooth. They just dropped their new song the other day called Hell of It. It's going to be on their brand new album called Below, which drops on June 25th of this year. If you like what you hear, make sure you follow them on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you stream music. Also, if you're able to afford it right now, maybe try to buy a CD, some merch. When shows come back, to try to buy a ticket to see them. I want to support bands and hopefully give them the shout out they need to make a living doing what they do. Again, this is going to be Beartooth Hell of It, and I hope you guys enjoy the song. Welcome back, you can't resist Bleeding seeds of denial Till you reap the harvest Take it all, I barely exist Rip the flesh off my bones Make a feast of my carcass Get out until you take your kite 
episode hope you guys enjoyed the song by Beartooth called the hell of it um it's a really good song i'm so excited for their new album and uh, i'm gonna be jamming it all day once that album drops i pre-ordered a copy with that and a t-shirt so i am ready just to listen to it all day long so i'm super excited for when it comes out in june so to kind of uh, backtrack a little bit here, we left off on number seven, which was Interstellar, uh, which again, I really like that movie. Definitely has grown on me over time. But now we're going to get into six more films of Christopher Nolan. And again, my list isn't the right list. It's just my list. So um, for those listening, I hope nobody gets too mad of my placing of the films. But um, this is just my list. And again, I enjoy most of his movies. And so um, I just had to, you know, kind of place them somewhere. So we'll go ahead and start with number six. Uh, well, continue on from where we left off. So at number six, I'm going to put uh, Memento. So Memento was, a lot of people thought was Christopher Nolan's first film, stars Guy Pearce. Um, I have, again, this is actually another movie that I have never seen before, and it got such good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, people say it's a classic. And so I got the movie, I popped it in, and it is an absolutely, it's a wonderful film. Absolutely phenomenal. It's a great thriller. It's in regards to, again, Guy Pearce's character, I believe his name was uh, Leonard, um, he suffers from like short term memory loss, but the other twist is he can't really remember anything like past 15 minutes. So there's a part in the film, and this is not a spoiler where he's staying at a hotel and the hotel guy up front, he's like, Hey, how you doing? Lenny? He's like, uh, how do you know who I am? And the guy's like, you just told me like 15, 10, 10, 15 minutes ago. And legitimately Leonard cannot remember that he talked to him. And so what he does, and the other premise, the main premise of the film is that he's trying to find out who raped and murdered his wife. But again, having this, uh, this, this struggle, this disease that he has, he's having a hard time remembering how to like find clues or retrace his steps. So what he does is that he writes everything down. He even tattoos clues onto his body to find out um, where he needs to go next, who he needs to talk to. And again, the movie, just like following, is told in like a non-linear structure. You're sitting there watching it going like, wait a minute, how did this happen? This doesn't make any sense. But then he, Christopher Nolan plays the scene like in, in like, not reverse order, but the, the actual order and everything. It sounds confusing the way I'm saying it, but watching it, it, it really does make sense. And I can't imagine this movie being told in a linear way because it's so all over the place, but it's all over the place for the best reasons. Um it really is a wonderful film. Again, I'm being very vague because I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything, but it is such a fun movie to watch, and I had no idea this movie existed. It also shows, and on my last week episode I talked about with Tyler Perry, where you don't need a big-budget film to create a wonderful film. This is a movie that I think is top-notch, and I guarantee you this movie is made next to nothing. Um, I mean, only... I mean. 
it's a guy using pictures and tattoos and writings to figure out who killed and raped his wife. And you're just like, wow, I am so intrigued. Uh, I, I really like this. So it proves to me that he, anyone can make a small film and make it good. You don't need a big special effects to make a really good film. Like I prefer this movie over something like Transformers in the last night. Cause Transformers is an awful franchise that has a big budget. It has cool action, but Memento has that story that is so engaging and so exciting. I'd much rather watch Memento than like the Transformers. I'm dead serious. I really think Memento is a better film than that, even though it's not even by the same director. <laughs> but just to kind of give you what I mean, the film's great. If you haven't seen it, it's called Memento with Guy Pierce. It's really, really good. Okay, so now we're getting into the top five. Now, the top five, these are movies that I will, if I was with friends or with somebody, I'd be like, hey, why don't we go ahead and pop in a Christopher Nolan movie? Uh, these would be the five films that I would want to pop in to watch these movies, to watch to watch with my friends or family. So number five, I put Tenet. Uh, now, again, a lot of people think this actually may be his worst film. And when I first saw it in theaters... I was, it was definitely up there on my list. I, I put it pretty high. Um, I saw the film over Labor Day weekend. We saw it at a theater. And the the sound was so loud that I really couldn't pick up any of the dialogue. And when I can't pick up the dialogue, I can't piece together what's happening. Um, and that happened a lot in the film. It's just so... Hans Zimmer's score was so booming in the theater. It was just... I, I could not hear some of the characters. And I'm just like... I don't know what's going on. All I knew, it was a spy movie, but that's all that I got from it. And so, essentially, I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't get it, and I didn't like it. But then the movie came out on Blu-ray and DVD, so I purchased the Blu-ray copy, and I watched it again on my own. I watched it with my friend Miguel, who's been on the podcast before, and I watched it with my dad, and I watched it with the captions on and after multiple viewings and watching it with the captions, I think this is a really creative, fun spy film um, that a lot of people aren't going to watch or watch again because it's super, super confusing. I promise you, if you watch it again, I say if you saw it in theaters, watch it, try to watch it twice at home. Watch it with the captions on. And I promise you it's going to make a lot more sense. I think another problem with the film, too, is that some of the editing is kind of bad. Miguel and I were watching the film, and it just kind of goes back and forth between inverted time and forward-moving time. And um, that can be a little bit confusing, but if you just watch for all the clues, watch the film multiple times, for me it just gets better and better every time. Like I really enjoy the film. Um, watching it now, it completely makes sense of what's trying to happen and what they're trying to do. And I think John David Washington gives a wonderful performance as the protagonist he doesn't have a name which i that was probably my biggest complaint in the film like why not just give him a name like it just doesn't it didn't make any sense to me robert pads was great everybody in the film did a great job and some of the action in this movie especially like the inverted stuff there's a sequence that takes place on a highway and part of it's inverted and it is just mind-blowing it is so much fun to watch i was on the edge of my seat it was so sick so I really like Tenet. I re the more I've watched it, the more I've come to appreciate this film. Um, again, I know a lot of people don't like this one, but I promise you, if you watch it a few more times with the captions on, it's going to make a world of difference. I definitely say give it another try. So at number five was Tenet. So now we're moving into the top four. So at number four, 
is going to be Inception. Uh, Inception is insane. It's insane how cool this movie is. A lot of people say this is Christopher Nolan's magnum opus, and it's super iconic. You see this, you see Inception parried, uh, parried everywhere, like in South Park or Family Guy. Like you see it all everywhere because this movie was just so well done. Essentially, it's a heist movie that's molded into a movie about dreams. And again, it's it's more or less like Christopher Nolan taking a very simple concept and just putting it on its head. And what I like about it, again, it still has the fun spectacle thriller that you expect in the action and the storytelling. But it doesn't dumb it down to the point where when it has to do exposition, it does a really good job of explaining what's happening in a really clever way. So that way you're not just sitting there again, for example, kind of like with the Star Wars prequels, where literally they're just walking around telling us what's going on instead of like showing us what's going on or make the dialogue more interesting and more engaging. With this movie, you're so engaged the entire time, you're just like, wow, this is spectacular. It's a super good film. And honestly, the only reason that this movie's not in my top three is because Batman is my favorite comic book character of all time. And since he did these movies, um, Batman obviously was going to make the top three. So again, Inception is at number four. So now we're going to get into the top three, which of course is the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm going to give you my order still of what um, I think are the best ones. And then we'll wrap things up from there. So at number three is at, as uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins, I remember seeing it theaters with my dad in 2005. I was pretty young when that movie came out, and I remember just loving the movie. As I've gotten older, I've loved it more and more. But uh, Christian Bale, of course, such an iconic Batman. I love that they took the concept of taking Batman and really giving him a really decent and really good origin story, because at that time, the only other good superhero movie, I would say, was probably the Spider-Man movies, but what Batman Begins was able to do was be able to show you, like, this is who Batman is, this is why he fears bats, this is why he wants to do what he wants to do, and he trained with, like, Rajal Ghul, which was played by Liam Neeson, and I'm just like, man, this is, uh, this is fantastic, this is really, really good, and then a lot of, the majority of the film, he's training, um, to become Batman, and then once he becomes Batman, uh, the movie does a good job of showing like who he is, how he protects the city. Uh, I mean, again, the only flaw I have with the movie is like the villain. Like the, I guess you could say Rajal Ghoul was the villain, but again, Scarecrow is in it too, and he sucked. Like I, <laughs> I did not like him as the villain. But overall, man, the action. Well, the action in some sequences are really good. A lot of it is shot up close, and it's hard to see what's going on. It feels like someone put it together in, like, Windows Movie Maker and was like, okay, here we go. So some of the editing is kind of bad. There is a really cool sequence of the Batmobile going, like, from rooftop to rooftop. Rooftop. There we go. Trying to get my words right. That's really fun to watch, and it's super, it's super, super cool. So, uh, honestly, Batman Begins is so good. It's one of my favorite origin stories. I know a lot of people don't seem to like this film. I love this movie. It is corny at some parts, and some parts I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. But overall, man, I really like this movie. I liked it a lot. Batman Begins is such a fun watch. All right, coming in at number two is The Dark Knight Rises. Now, 
The Dark Knight Rises is not a perfect movie. It's not. I remember watching it. I, it was actually, I, I served a mission for my church, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this was like the last big movie that I saw in theaters uh, before I went on my mission. And we saw it at midnight. We saw it with a bunch of people. My dad was there as well. And we all loved the movie. It was so good. Um, came out in 2012, so watching it now, you can definitely pick up some flaws in the film. Christopher Nolan is meant is really good at like making a script that's so airtight that you just really can't find any flaws in it. In this movie, there are definitely some flaws with like the characters and the storytelling. And again, as I mentioned with um, Interstellar, this movie is really long, but at the same time, it's building up the end of a trilogy, so I can understand the runtime of this film. It's about two hours and 45 minutes, so if that time scares you, maybe you should not invest into this film. But you probably already have seen it. But um, again, some of the compliments, uh, I love Tom Hardy as Bane. I know he was going to get, people were like, there's no one going to be better than Heath Ledger. And uh, I thought Tom Hardy did a really good job as Bane. Hard to understand sometimes, but again, if you watch with the captions, you can you can figure out what's going on. And generally, you can kind of figure out what he's saying, or it's implied of like, okay, I kind of see what his master plan is um but overall th again there are a few things in the movie i do not like uh that involves a female and who seduces bruce and i i don't like her again i know everyone's probably seen this but i'm not going to go into any spoilers to any of the films um but again the dark knight is so good it does like the nightfall storyline where he breaks his back and he's got to like recover from that and so that part's pretty engaging and it's pretty exciting to see him bounce back for that but there's so many like like conveniences in the movie like there's one where like batman he hasn't he hasn't been batman in a while and this is in the trailer and like they snap on this leg thing and it just fixes his leg i'm like what why don't we have that in real life that would be nice or there's like another part where again after he breaks his back some guy just throws it in place and again that might work but uh i don't think i'd be go fighting criminals after that happening i probably just want to lay back down so there's a few things in the movie where you're like that is way too convenient to be happening but overall i i love the film again i think it's super fun it's a big film it's really massive and uh it's just it's a lot of fun man i really like the dark knight rises all right and then of course coming at number one is the dark knight the dark knight as i mentioned in the beginning is a film that not only is one of my favorite films of all time uh, it's like this movie, Empire Strikes Back, and probably Toy Story 3, and a couple other movies that are like in my top movies of all time. Uh, the Dark Knight is such an influential film for me. Um, it showed me that you can take a comic book movie seriously and really make it a dark, uncomfortable film. I, again, I love the Marvel movies, but I love Batman. I just love how dark it is. It's just more intimidating, I guess you can say. And it literally is a crime movie that stars Batman. And I think, to me, I love crime. Like, I like with Insomnia, like, I like how it's a straightforward crime film. But he takes that and he does it with Batman. And you're just so engaged the entire time. And again, of course, we can't go any more without mentioning Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. May he rest in peace, because that performance will go down till the end of time. I'm going to show, once I eventually have kids i will show them that movie and i hope they show them i hope their i hope my kids show their kids um know that the dark knight because it's just that good of a film the dark knight has impacted me it made me want to start doing film and i think that's one thing for me that can't be underestimated it's really honestly an inspiring film 
for me, and if I were to ever meet Christopher Nolan, I would just have so many questions for him. But honestly, I'd probably just want to say thank you for making The Dark Knight the film that truly inspired me to want to explore my imagination and to create film. I, I just think The Dark Knight is literally the best comic book movie ever made, even with movies like Endgame, Infinity War, even stuff in the DC universe. I still think The Dark Knight, to me, is just, it's a it's a perfect movie. And it's just, it's a wonderful film. And I'm pretty sure everybody has seen it. But again, it's just so wonderful. So again, that is my list for the Christopher Nolan movies ranked from worst to best, in my personal opinion. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Keep an eye out for more episodes coming soon. Again, this has been the Chandler Burton Podcast. If you want to check me out on other social media platforms, I now have a YouTube channel called Chandler Burton Entertainment. Uh, if you want to hit the like button and subscribe to that channel, that would be great. Um, I also have Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash blackdude19, B-L-A-C-K, D-O-O-D-E-19. And also you can add me on Instagram. It's Chandler Burton uh, 314 if you guys ever want to meet up and, and talk about movies or video games or anything like that at all. But thank you again so much for listening. Again, this has been the Chandler Burton Podcast. And until next time, I hope you all take care.